listening to The Travel Podcast. Travel Podcast. Today's most exciting travel destinations. Brought to you by people with a real passion for travel. Great holiday ideas, real reviews, practical advice, and all the best deals in one simple podcast. The Travel Podcast. Now here is your host, Steve Witt. Welcome to the Travel Podcast, where we aim to inspire you with some brilliant news, views, and behind-the-scenes look at some of the most amazing destinations in the world. I'm Steve Witt, co-founder of one of the UK's largest and best travel companies. And as always, I'm joined by our travel experts who will live or who all live and breathe every single day uh, travel. And most importantly, they are super passionate about travel. So today I'm joined by Lauren and Jules. Hi, guys. Hi. And today we also have two very special guests joining us on the panel. So first off, we're over to Ben. Hi, Ben. Hi, Steve. You okay? Hi, everyone. And Ben, you, you work and love travel as well, don't you? Yeah, I do. Absolutely love it. So, yeah, um, part of not just travel, but also um, we run uh, Lapland Holidays Experts as well. So um, absolutely love it. Yeah, love traveling and love arranging travel as well. It's great. Which is brilliant because Ben has been to Lapland a number of times already. So he's here as one of our sort of experts uh, as a consumer as well as a as someone who actually sells Lapland. Yeah, yeah. Amazing trips, which, you know, I'll share a little bit more about that shortly. Yeah, but brilliant, brilliant. Fantastic. And also from within the travel industry, because who better to talk about Lapland itself than the people who who uh, send thousands and thousands of people away to Lapland every single year. So today we are joined by Julie from uh, Hotel Plan Ingham's and Santa's Lapland. Hi, Julie. Hi, Steve. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. So just uh, for anyone who's not come across yourself or your brand before, can you give us just a little insight if that's okay? Yeah, so Ingham's has been going for 85 years. So we're not a, we're not a new company. We've been going for a long time. And um, one of our products within the Ingham's brand that we do is Lapland, um, whether it be Lapland as a destination or using Santa's Breaks. Santa's Lapland is a little bit newer, um, but is is a massive part of our portfolio as well. With Santa's Lapland, um, we sort of specialise, as it says on the tin, about Santa and holidays in December to uh, one specific destination. Brilliant. Thank you. So we're going to be talking more about this, which is possibly the weirdest podcast we've done so far, I think, because while recording this, the sun is uh, bursting through the window. It's a glorious day. And we're here talking about Christmas, in effect. Um, so a couple of things. Um, why is now a good time to be talking about the winter and Christmas? Anybody? So I think um, now is the time to be planning in advance. And it's always this time of the year. Yeah, people are thinking of some holidays. Quite often people have already got what they're doing for the next few months um, planned already. And moving into winter, particularly snowy winter, whether it be ski or Lapland or, or the likes, then it's just a great time to have something planned for in the next sort of seven or eight months. And I think now is when we do start seeing a peak and a flurry of people looking further ahead than just the next couple of months. And I'd probably add to that, obviously, things are very strange at the moment out there in the world. So people are planning good things to look forward to, aren't they? And especially for the kids and everything. So uh, great time to be looking at exciting things ahead. 
there's also great deposit options so they can people can pay off their holidays in a lot longer time meaning that it doesn't seem quite so expensive when you spread the cost over a few months rather than just a week before for example very true um, and obviously kids are around a lot more at the moment so there's a big focus on kids and entertaining them so now is a great time to be talking about it um, now I, I there could be a lot of people who probably a little bit like me when I first learned about Lapland, I, I didn't realise it wasn't a country. Um, so, um, Ben, you've been there. Um, where is there? Because Lapland doesn't technically exist on a map, does it? No, it doesn't. So so you do have a Swedish and Finnish Lapland. Um, when I went, I went to, to the Finnish Lapland, so quite far far north. Um, there are a number of destinations you can go to in, in Finland which all encompass Lapland, but... I went to, to Saraselka, which is which is a little bit further up north in in, in Finland, which is uh, which is great because it's um, yeah it's just Rovaniemi as well is a bit bit lower down. So um, but yeah, that's that's Lapland in effect. It's not a country or a or a specific you know place to go to. It, it covers Sweden and Finland. Fantastic. So I'm guessing it's pretty much a, a winter destination, or is it? incredibly seasonal it's just going there for christmas or before christmas after christmas what what do you typically do so you 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 tend to find obviously before christmas is is the whole santa experience you want to go there you want to have that whole experience with the children but you've also got um skiing as well and and also northern lights it's an absolutely fantastic destination to go and see northern lights um, just after Christmas um, into January and February is a really good time for, for the Northern Lights trips as well. So, so no, it's not just about the, the, the Santa experience before Christmas. There's a lot of other things you can do as well. Now, well, obviously, we are going to be talking about Santa. And um, one of the great things, I guess, about going to Lapland is you do get to go and see the real Santa, don't you? Oh, my God, you so do. <laughs> there is only there is no other type of Santa other than the real Santa. He's the most... It's the most unexpected, magical thing that you can do. Whether you're an adult or a child, and I know that Ben would agree with me on this, you know, as an adult, your childhood is rekindled. And I've I've been without children. <laughs> I do get some odd looks, I have to say. <laughs> but when I've been without children, it, it is just the most magical thing. You know, you, you, you go on a sleigh, you walk into this log cabin and... And just to see the real Santa sitting there with your letter in his hand about everything that you said you want is just incredible. And, you know, it's kind of, he's not necessarily in that Coca-Cola red suit because he's finished Santa. He is Santa. He's in his workshop. So, you know, it's quite, it quite different, but yeah, it's very, very special. And I can tell just by listening to you now, Julie, you're actually smiling talking about Santa and going to Lapland, aren't you? Oh, I am. <laughs> I am. I can't wait for my next trip. <laughs> and um, I mean, that's the that's the magic uh, of talking about Lapland, isn't it? And Jules, what just for anyone who can't, most people can't see you right now. We can describe yourself right now, please. I'm sporting my beautiful Santa hat with little pom pom on the end, and I also have my beard. <laughs> Getting in the mood, even though it's very hot outside i'm still looking very santery more elf like actually due to my height probably <laughs> and julie <laughs> julie describe yourself right now please so i am sitting with my reindeer antlers on my head at the moment they're red 
And they are, yeah, reindeer antlers, all the way original from Santa's Lapland. And yes, this is this, here. this is the effect Lapland has on everyone, isn't it? It's that magical thing everybody wants to do before it's too late because you need to go to Lapland, especially for Santa, before the magic goes, don't you? I think as a as a family, there are there are optimum times for children. I think no matter whether we say, you know, as an adult you you are still going to get that magic and you are still going to get that excitement you absolutely will but if you're taking children a lot of people want to take them before they don't necessarily believe anymore so i think that although children of all ages can go my personal opinion is probably younger than four can be virgin four upwards is a great age and then it depends on the age of your children and, and how they are but you know usually between Four and eleven is probably the best time to actually catch them. Seven, eight, nine is perfect. Um, you know, before they get to the bigger schools and and start, you know, having other sort of doubts sown in their mind. But it is perfect because they would want they would be able to take part in so many of the activities. I mean, Ben, you've been and you know with with different people, so you've got the first hand experience of that with children um, more than me. Yeah, no, when I went, my lad was eight. Um, and it was it was sort of the age range you've mentioned is, is perfect, but eight just seemed to be the perfect age for him. Um, still, obviously, totally believes in Father Christmas. Um, I believed in Father Christmas as soon as I come back from there and you know saw it all. But um, it was it was the, it was brilliant. Um, I probably enjoyed it more than he did. Although we absolutely loved it. But eight was a really good age. He's now my lad's now 13, 14. And every year he asks, "Can we go back to Lapland?" Every every single year, so so it left left a, a lasting impression on him. But yeah, it was it was really good, and it's it's like it's like no other trip you'll ever go on Lapland. Even right at the very start, when you get to the airport and when you get on the plane, it's it's just like no other holiday or no other trip you, you get on the the magic there straight away. All all the steward and stewardesses on the plane are all dressed up and you're singing carols on the plane. So it's it's just an amazing experience, start to finish. So, yeah, it is. And I think also, as far as the kids' side of things and the ages go, it almost buys you a bit more time. If they are on the cusp, it just buys it a little bit. And I don't care what anybody says. It doesn't matter how old you are. You will never, ever lose that, lose that magic of it. What's, go back to basics, I guess. What sort of time of year, if we just focus on Santa for, for, to start with, when do you start going to, to go and see Santa? Um, what time of year? So December really is Santa. Um, it can be the very last weekend of November, um, but really it's sort of December is your main month that you would you would go to, and that would take you right up until sort of Christmas Day um, and beyond that. Our program within Santa's Lapland and our Ingham Santa Breaks brochures, we we operate through the month of December. Anything post Christmas. Um, is is about Lapland as a destination instead. So Santa is is December. So I mean I know this, but what sort of durations are people sort of typically going for? From my point of view, we do sort of two, three, four night breaks. Um, it depends entirely on what your what your you know what you're actually looking to do when you're there. There are some that are a little bit more inclusive than others. You can go on day breaks um, as well. It's not something. That I I have a in my program. Mine is just is just uh, two, three, four night night breaks. Um, with the Santa's Lapland program, 
just to give an idea, you know, it's it's a little bit better than going for a day because you've got more time to do things. You can add in more excursions. It just makes it a little bit more special. And as Ben said, um, with with the um, sort of the plane ride and everything, you get you get on the plane. They're all dressed up. They're all um, sort of singing carols. You arrive into Lapland. The elves are running around. The first night, you can just really just get into the atmosphere of the of the town that you're staying in, and the towns are just not commercialised whatsoever. They are really lovely, proper, traditional Finnish Lapland uh, towns where you you know toboggans are around. You can grab them. You can go tobogganing. You can just go for walks through the village, and then the next day is when you have your whole Santa day. So to do it over a complete period of time where you've got two or three days you can have it structured so that everything's included so you know where you've got to be at what time and you can add in other things if you want to go for something like our ingham's break which is usually a three or a four night break it's again a little bit more not diy is probably the wrong word but it's a bit more sort of independently arranged so you will always get your santa day included at the exclusive santa parks but then you can add on trips to the Northern Lights. You can go skiing for a day if you want to. You can go and ride the Huskies. And you can do so many more activities than just being Santa. So it is a whole experience. Whereas if you go on a day trip, which is, suits some people, but for me, if you go on a day trip, you're just cramming everything in as much as you can into one day without breathing space. Whereas if you've got a couple of nights there or three nights, you can add in so much more to make it a whole experience, not just only about Santa. Okay, so we'll talk more about the some of the activities in a minute. Just to give a sort of a, an overview of what is possible. So, obviously, um, you guys focus more on the sort of multiple nights. Lauren, obviously, you've dealt with a lot of people who go away just for day trips as well as multiple nights. What What's the sort of main differences, would you say, with a day trip or what type of person looks to go away on a day trip? Yeah, definitely. Um, the kind of people that we normally had to go on a day trip were kind of the families who literally did only have a weekend or literally a day to go and do it. Um, and it normally tended to be families with older children just because on the day trips you're outside the majority of the day unless you're going in to see lunch or see Santa. So with younger children it wasn't really too ideal to be spending a whole day outside in the cold because it does get super cold over there. Okay, so I would say as well, some of the um, customers that we had come back from day trips on a positive side said that they um, it was very surreal. So, you know, they woke their kids up in the morning. Oh, come on, we're going to go and see Santa now. Get to the plane <clears throat> three, three hours and you're there and, and then they get all encompassed in the whole in the whole day um, and then they're back at, in their own beds at the end of the day and it, so a lot of customers that go on the day trips obviously they're more um, they're cheaper in value as it is only a day and can be a lot more cost effective for some families um, but yeah they said it was just a really surreal experience as it was all over in in one day but yeah definitely for the older children because um, younger ones still need naps as well and they're going to miss out on some parts of the day trip. Cool. And let's just talk about a day trip and then we'll go on to talk about um, the multi-night trip. So what would a typical day look like if you did do a day trip? Yeah, so, <laughs> sorry, so so yeah, it's going to be an, an early start for you, yeah, early start in the morning to get to, to your departure airport. Um, the flights are normally around 
two, two, three quarters, three hours around around that length of time. As I say, it's brilliant from 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 as soon as you get in the airport on the plane, all singing the carols. So you get that whole experience. You then land at the airport. Obviously, you don't have any luggage you need to get. So you're then off to go and pick up your thermal suits and boots um, to keep you nice and nice and warm. Obviously, um, as um, Lauren mentioned before, it can, it can get bitterly cold. So you're provided with thermal suits and boots. Um, you're then taken off to, um, to do your, your whole Santa experience. But there's a lot of other, there's a lot of other um, activities that go along with it as well. You don't just go there, go and see Santa, come back on, on the, the, the plane and back home. There's lots of other activities as well. So you know, things like um, reindeer rides, um, you know, mini skidoos for the children, all these types of things. So so it's a really, really full-on day, but an amazing day. And then you're back, back home. You will, you will be back home quite late in the evening. Um, well, you know, it's we we get really good feedback on the day trips. Really, really good feedback. Um, as as Jules and Laura mentioned, it's I think it's more of a time thing for a lot of people. You know, they can't necessarily always go for two nights, three nights. Although doing you know, three nights are absolutely amazing. Um, but, but you know, they can't always do that. So it just means they're getting that authentic dancing experience. Really. So let's say you go on a. Yeah, more... just to... oh, sorry, Gondras. Right, just to add to Ben, I was just going to say you you have your breakfast and your dinner on the plane on a day trip, so that obviously buys you some time once you're in resort. And um, and in December, there's only four hours of daylight in um, up there. So um, whereas the excursions would be maybe longer on the longer breaks, it's just a condensed version on a day trip, maybe only 10, 15 minutes for, for an excursion, as opposed to the longer ones that Santa's Lapland and Ingham's um, provide. So let's say you're on a, a multi-night, two, three-night uh, break. I'm guessing you get longer to do everything. It's not quite such a rushed experience. Uh, you get to have meals in your accommodation in, in various places. So the whole thing is just a more relaxed experience, I guess. That's the first thing. Is that fair to say? It is, yeah. So I've, I've done the two. The, the, the times that I've done, I've done the two-night trips. Yep. Um, and it just... You, it just lets you get used to your surroundings and everything. Explore the town that you're at. Um, you know, so it is. It is a lot more relaxed when you when you arrive and you you pick up your thermals and you're shown to your hotel or your accommodation. You've then got free time to go and explore the local town. Um, Tobogganing, you know, you can go off and do toboggan. I know Sarasalka thinks got one of the longest toboggan runs in in Europe, I believe. I think it's like a couple couple of kilometres long if you want to do the whole thing, which I wouldn't recommend when it's that cold. But but yeah, just a lot more, a lot more. You can you can fit in longer um, longer experiences as well. So so we did um, I did a Northern Lights snowmobile trip and also an extended um, dog safari trip as well. So you can you can fit them extended experiences in as well. And these things they're all just magical experiences, aren't they? Because I mean I I love going skiing and I love all the snow. I mean it's fantastic when it snows in the UK, let alone when you're in a ski resort, but. I would imagine not having been, but going to Lapland, having snow in, you know, the the best Christmassy place in the world has to be a magical experience. I just think it's, it's a very, I mean, I ski as well, and I've skied a lot of different places around um, Europe and what have you, but it just is so different. The snow, it, it kind of sparkles like diamonds is the only way that I can describe it. It just is absolutely, and it's so soft. You can't make a snowball because it's so dry. You know, you try and make a snowball and you just end up throwing dust at people because it's just, you know, it's just quite amazing. And the sky 
it's because, as Ben said, you don't get that daylight. You don't get that many hours. The sun doesn't rise, particularly in December. It doesn't necessarily start rising until about February. So if that sun doesn't actually rise, all you're getting is that dawn stroke dusk glow. And it can be very pink and and the most beautiful, beautiful scenery it captures with all the, the snow trees around you. And it, it is just, it is just amazing. So as a, as a destination, even regardless of the Santa part, it is just magical anyway. You know, you, you get up in the morning, it might be 10 o'clock in the morning, but it's still dark. So that's weird to get your head around anyway. And then as it begins to get a little bit of daylight, you just get this haze and this glow. If you're really lucky, you might get it snowing whilst you're there. The, the season just gone. We've just had some amazing snow. It's one of the best snow seasons for a long while. Um, but then you, you sort of, you're going out, you're doing your daily activity, you're going to see Santa, you're doing all these other excursions. And then before you know it, it's dark again, but you haven't really noticed it. Some people think, oh, crikey, being in the dark all that time might actually be a little bit depressing in some ways. But being in somewhere like that land, it just isn't. You just don't really notice. You just get on with it. And it is just a fantastic part of that. And then as Ben said earlier, you know, you've got the the other excursions you can do. So you can go out on a snowmobile and go and try and find the Northern Lights. Now, we all know Northern Lights never, ever guaranteed, but you can go in search of them. And to do that on a snowmobile or a sleigh ride or whatever it is that you're doing it on, Huskies or something, and if you're really lucky, you can see those. And again, it might only be 6 o'clock at night, but it's pitch black, and already that sort of the oral borrowers is, is coming to life, and it's just quite fantastic, yeah. Um, we, we did... We did that. Um, the, 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 as I said before, we did the snowmobile safari to see the Northern Lights, and we did see them, luckily enough, and it's it's just the most magical experience ever. They take it off into the middle of middle of nowhere, basically, on the snowmobiles, and to see the Northern Lights, I mean, it gets it gets dark. There's no light pollution, so it's unbelievably dark. Um, and if you if you're into stargazing, it's it's an amazing place to do that as well. Yeah, it is. And I think the biggest thing people sort of regret is not learning how to use their cameras or their phones to take pictures of the Northern Lights because unless you've got the right settings, you can't very often capture them on camera. Um, I was really lucky when I did the same excursion, one of the ladies that, that guided us on the snowmobile, she knew exactly how to set my camera setting. So I got some really fantastic pictures of it. But otherwise, you know, you've just got to keep it in your memory. But it's, uh, it's just definitely a worthwhile tip learn your camera before you go <laughs> so i'm picturing um obviously snow-covered sort of landscape woods um tr lots of trees not your typical ski resort i'm guessing um no big mountains i mean there you can ski but it's not not sort of val d'isere type ski resort yeah i think with, with ski in in lapland um it depends on the resort that you go to because every resort is very different. Within um, our Ingham's program, we, Ingham's is a big ski company as well as a Lapland company. So Lapland forms part of our ski program um, as well as the Santa breaks. And we go to a resort called Levy, which is probably one of the larger areas that you would go to. We always think of, of skiing in Levy as fantastic for beginners or for families that don't want to just ski. 
So you can do some skiing. There are areas around you that you can ski. There are mountains and they're good skiing. And on the trips I've done in the past, some of the groups that I've taken have skied. And they've had a great afternoon on it. But it's not something that would satisfy the keen skier that likes to do hundreds of kilometers every day, you know, and put it on their ski tracks, etc. But it does give you the opportunity to learn it, to experience it, to enjoy it, but equally doing other things around it. So, you know, we, we find that sometimes you get a, a group of people that go and one or two want to ski and one or two don't necessarily want to ski. So it's perfect for that because there is so much other things in the resort. Okay, brilliant. So question for Lauren to start with, um, and Julie, I'll come to you in a minute to ask you more about the Ingham's sort of product, but there are lots of different Lapland products available. They're all great. Um, we get great feedback on all of them, ranging from day trips to, to multi-nights, um, all different price brackets and different experiences. They're all great experiences, uh, but what would you say are the main differences between, for example, say the lower budget ones and the slightly more expensive ones? In terms of it, it definitely comes down to the activities that are included. Um, you've got some that, as you said, sort of like the lower ones will have your your standard activities like going to see Santa and maybe doing like a taster reindeer sleigh ride. Um, but then I know with like Santa's Lapland, you've got things where you do ice fishing, you've got the mini skidoo rides and you can go see reindeers and go to like the barn and things like that. So it all comes down to in terms of what activities a family is looking for. And also it is in terms of budget as well. Because um, I know with Santa's Lapland, you can also do the Santa's Magic and the Santa's Aurora. Um, so, Julia, I was actually going to ask you about the difference in the two. Yeah, so you're right. There are the two programmes within the Santa's Lapland programme. It's the same resort of Saraselka. Saraselka is set way up into the Arctic Circle, so it's quite northern. You fly into the resort of Avalo, um, and then it's a 30-minute transfer from Avalo right through to Saraselka, so it's quick and it's easy to actually get there. Um, when you arrive, if you're going on the magic product or the magic program, which is the one that I've, that I've done twice, um, this is where you stay in the resort of Saraselka, and you'll understand what I mean when I come on to the Aurora program. Um, the resort of Saraselka is a little village. Um, you know, there's a few little shops, but it's not it's not um, commercialised in any way, shape, or form. But you've got a mix of different hotels that you can stay down in the resort, and then you've also got log cabins. Um, which I think you want to talk about a little bit later anyway, but you've got log cabins that you can stay in or Christmas cabins as we call them, or you've got a mix of hotels. And then on that magic program, the first evening you will just do it how you do whatever you want to do. You'll always have your meal when you get there. You'll have your evening meal. The next day you go to uh, an exclusive Santa's village, which is where the real Father Christmas is. But there's a whole host of different things that you get included. So as you just said, so you've just mentioned quite a lot of them anyway yourself, Lauren, there. You get to um, do your, um, you do like uh, ice fishing and you can play ice hockey. There's lots of things to do. You get lots of little huts around that you can go in and get warm drinks. You get lunch provided. You also get your husky rides included in the Santa's Lapland in the magic program. Um, and that, they're, that's so much fun because you literally drive the huskies yourself, um, which is which is can be quite nerve-wracking to begin with. Once you get the hang of it, it's great. And the dogs just absolutely love it. 
Um, and then you go and you have your private meeting with Santa and that's all included. And then eventually it's sort of a rolling transfer. So you get given a set departure time to go to the village. Um, but you can come back whenever you want to come back on, on that specific day. And then the evening, you get back fairly late and you have your dinner and, and, and you go. So it's really centred around the one main day. You do get all your thermal clothing included. Now, the difference between that and the Aurora, within the Aurora, you stay in the Star Arctic Hotel which we have access to fairly much exclusively, well, definitely from the UK. Um, and this is set just above Saraselka, and it's set on a fell. Now, a lot of the, the, it's just one hotel that's up there. So you are a little bit, you could call it isolated, but the fact is when you're up there, you've got all of the different types of room, which have got big glass ceilings, there's igloos that you can stay in there, there's, there's, there's the suites with the, the glass roofs, so that you've got more chance of seeing the Northern Lights just from your accommodation because of where you're situated. And as Ben said earlier about the toboggan run, the toboggan run starts from the Star Arctic and you can actually ski from that area as well. So there's a cable car chairlift, there's a cable car chairlift um, that you can go up and down on to ski around that area. Um, but it's just great accommodation. The Aurora program itself will include a wilderness dinner on the night you arrive. So you've got something different and you'll go to a, a, an area where you have a dinner out in the wilderness, out in the forest, in an igloo. Um, it sort of kickstarts the holiday off straight away. Then you'll have your day doing all the Santa bits. And then on the last morning before you actually come home, if you're there for three nights, you'll have a day to do what other excursions or things that you want to do. But on the morning before you come home, there's an added excursion where it will take you to a reindeer farm and you get a chance to, to meet the reindeers, do a little sort of track on a reindeer sleigh and go around as well. So the Aurora does have a little bit more included. Um, the accommodation is set on a fell um, way above anything else. Um, and other than that, yeah, you get to see the Santa, whereas the magic is more centred down in the resort, everything you've got around you, and you still you just haven't got quite so many excursions included. So if that helps. Th that's amazing, brilliant. Um, question from me: My only experience of seeing Santa is probably at the local uh, shopping centre, queuing up, big queue, <laughs> in the tacky little grotto, and then you just production line, um, go and sit on Santa's knee. Um, this was last year, um, and you just uh, <laughs> you get some sweets and off you go again. That probably sounds so wrong, actually, doesn't it? Um, anyway, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> so, moving on. Um, is it like that, Ben? Did it, you you took your your son to see Santa? What's it like? Oh, it's it's not like that at all. No, it's um, as Julie was explaining. Then you you, you go to um, or, or when we did the trip, we did. You go to the Arctic Circle. It's called. So there's all your your excursions, all your different activities, are all all within this area. It's set over quite a quite a big area. So you know you can go and do your 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 reindeer sleigh ride, you know your husky ride there. Um, and then you go for your private, your private family meeting with Santa. So, so you know you're not you're not there with 10, 15, 20 other people all in big queues, all just getting shuffled in and out. You know, you get you do go off your own private family meeting, and you get time. You do get time to spend spend a little bit of time with Santa. The elves, I've got to give the elves a shout out as well because they're absolute <laughs> brilliant. The, the enthusiasm and just the way oh, they make they make everything. I think so when you. 
when you go off, you go off to search for Santa through through the woods on the back of your sleigh, your sleigh ride. You get you get pulled by by a, a snowmobile off into the woods to go and find Santa. When you find him in, in a little log cabin, you've got all the elves there. They all greet you, and then you go into go into the the, the cabin to to see Santa. And as I say, I was I was more excited than me lad. I was like, oh, it was like I was like a, a little a little kid. But um, it's just brilliant. It's 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 completely different to to the experience you get get in the UK going to going to see Santa there. It's it's an unbelievable experience. Uh, and about... Before you actually go, you... sorry. Um, before you actually go, you get given a, a pack of information, which includes a, a sort of a sheet that the kids can write a letter to Santa on. Um, and we call them magic tickets in case there's any little ears around. Um, and then basically when, when you walk into that log cabin, it's all very nicely done, but when you walk into that log cabin, Father Christmas is sitting there with your letter. So, you know, it, it's, it's really well done. And then they sort of, Father Christmas will read that letter with you and say, have you been good or whatever? And it's, yeah, adds, adds to the extra magic. It's pretty, sorry, Julia, it's, pretty, it's brilliant the way they do that. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And, um, I, I, I missed that bit. I don't know why, because when he started, when Santa started reading my lad's letter, his face—it was just unbelievable. His face, and when he started reading mine, I was my face was even was even better. But uh, no, that's a, that, it's amazing the way they do that. Really good. And did you get what you wanted for Christmas, Ben? I did. I was a very good boy that year. Sure. Also, you know, in the um, shopping centres, you often get fobbed off with some rubbish piece of tat. Um, I think in um, Lapland you get a hand wooden carved toy by the elves. It depends on ours. You well, this year they were giving out um, little huskies, but they were fair, they were fluffy huskies. And then another year it might be reindeers. So you do get different ones. So I guess each year may vary. It depends on how busy Father Christmas has been in his workshop with his elves, really, as to what he wants to make that year. <laughs> Fantastic. So let's talk about um, what do you need to take with you? Uh, because it sounds like a very cold place to be going. Do you need to buy all your ski gear and everything? I, when we when we went, um, I'd say when I took took my lad, we took a load. We we go skiing, so we took all our all our ski gear. You know, all these thermals, loads of different layers, all this stuff. So when we when we first got there, we had all this. You know, I had about six or seven layers on, so did me lad. We all had, had all our ski gear on. And then you put the, the thermal suits on that you provided with. And oh my I was I was overheating after about after about five minutes, even being out in, in the cold cold. Having said that, you do need to take plenty of layers. I think that's the big thing, taking lots of layers. Um the thermals that you provided are absolutely brilliant. Um the mitts that they give you were just I put the mitts on and I thought, these aren't going to do anything, these mitts, they were quite loose and my hands were absolutely boiling in there, but I would always take a, a, another set of gloves anyway, a decent pair of gloves and a decent hat that, that covers your ears and then something for your neck as well, but but the thing for me is, is layers, take, take plenty of thin layers, um, that's what I would recommend to take. Yeah, I think I agree. And I think for the, even if you're going out for a walk in the evening, you just chuck your thermals on and you just, you just live in them and the boots that they provide for you as well, they're really warm. So you don't really need to worry too much about having loads and loads of, of, of ski gear unless you're planning on skiing. You know, the, the clothing that's provided, I wouldn't say is the most flattering 
of, of gear. Um, it may be a little, maybe a little bit big. My my advice is take a belt that you can put on the outside of your of your garment to, to kind of hold it up a little bit sometimes. But it is warm, and you know you tend to find that everybody's wearing the same outfit as you. I mean, you know, who, who knew? But uh, it definitely is warm. I I personally I prefer to take my own ski gloves, um, and I prefer to take my own hat. Um, and then they give you the thermal socks, but again, if you've got your own ski socks, so things that are absolutely going to touch you, that you feel more comfortable wearing your own on, absolutely fine, but other than that, the actual suits, one pair of, for me, one pair of thermal leggings underneath the suit, absolutely fine with, you know, a couple of thinner layers on, on the top, and then you're you're good to go, really. It's more around the face as much as anything, because sometimes the face itself can get really cold and and you, you know bear in mind sometimes it might only be minus six or seven and other times it might be minus 25 or 26 so you know you kind of need to be a little bit prepared for both types of cold but I just found it's the face so you know to have a scarf or one of those snoods that you can bring up around your face and you know just in case you do get cold because if you are sort of walking or you know, doing things and standing around, that's when you can get a little bit, a little bit colder. But, you know, there's always, no matter what program you're on, and no matter whether you're there for a day or longer, there's always little places you can go and warm up and get hot drinks and cookies and pancakes and things as well. So you can actually, in fires, there's also fires everywhere. So, you know, I, I don't mean just random fires. They are proper, you know, guarded <laughs> with somebody there. But log fires, you can just have a little bit of a toasty warm mat as well. And quite good Sorry, sorry, Steve. I was going to say it's quite good when you do that. Um, when you when you're doing your activities, there's there's a little there's a little gap between the two different areas. So so they, they, they take you through on a little on a little sledge. So when you when you're waiting for the sledge to come around, turn up as Julie's just said, they have a nice fire there, so you can all sit around the fire. Not that you're waiting very long, but you know, it just gets you a little bit of a warm up just while you're waiting to go to the other area. So once you're in that plan, do you need much money um, to do things? I'd say it all depends on, on what type of experience that you've booked. Um, if, like a Santa's Lapland, it's all inclusive um, in terms of your food and your drink, and, and they also have snacks, um, then I would say you just need a few uh, euros is the currency they use there um, for um, the gift shops, uh, maybe a little gift for grandma or something on the way home. Um, if you've booked something that perhaps is um, a bed and breakfast, then obviously you're going to need to to think about your meals and your drinks on top of that um but it's all it's all you know you need to consider it when you're looking at the different packages on offer and where the base price might be a little bit cheaper you've just got to make sure you're comparing you know apples with apples um and that you're getting exactly what what it is um value for money in the um in the santa's lapland um in where the magic goes during the day they they the only thing you can actually buy there is when you go into the ice bar and you want to buy a hot chocolate or a rum or a schnapps or whatever it is you want to buy. And they do take cards there, so you don't even necessarily need it. But the one thing they do also buy is depending on how cold it actually is, those card machines may or may not work. So it's always worth having a few euros in your pocket just in case. But in the, in the, in the Arctic Circle Centre that we have, we don't have gift shops because it just takes it away from it. In the Ingham's one, there is a gift shop and you can buy some little things, you know, but back in Saraselka or any of the resorts, there's always the old little shop that you can buy some really nice things from, but it's not really tack, it's, it's nice things that you can buy that you want to take home with you. But yeah, you're right, but you don't really need a lot of money outside of that, to be honest. 
So a couple of quick questions then before we wrap up. Um, I guess if you're on a two or three night trip, you're going to be staying somewhere. Is it just one place you stay? Is there a choice uh, of different locations to stay in? There's a choice of different locations you can kind of choose to stay in, um, especially like Santa's Lapland in Saraselka. There's a range of different hotels to kind of suit everyone's budget. Um, I know one of the hotels, Julie might have to correct me, but they've got like an indoor swimming pool that you can go and use as well. Um, so there's a bit more facility-wise. If you're actually doing like a three-night or a two-night and you've got a little bit more time, you can use the facilities there in your spare time. Um, so again, that would kind of be down to the kind of family. And then you've also got the log cabins, which um, are also a good option as well. You can do it in kind of like a large group if you're traveling with different families. Or you can as well share with other families, which I think, Ben, you said you did as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, also, I stayed in a hotel. I went and then stayed in the Christmas cabin as well. The Christmas cabins are, are, are the, the brilliant. Um, you get your, your cabin girls you work in there, and they, they, they look after everything for you. They do your, you know, your cooking, your, your clean, keep the cabin clean for you. But it's like a real, like, authentic experience in a log cabin. Having said that, when we stayed in the hotel as well, it was brilliant. Um we only stayed in the entry level hotel, Saraselka Inn, I think it was called. Um, the rooms, the rooms are brilliant. You know, it's just it's just traditional sort of finished style. But what I would say is, you don't spend a massive amount of time in in your room. So um, I don't think there's any need to like. You know, I, I think it was the holiday club you mentioned before with 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 the, the the pool. That's brilliant and everything. But we just found we didn't didn't get enough time to, to do any of that. But there is there is a huge range of of different hotels. But um, but yeah, Christmas. Loved the Christmas cabins. They were they, they were just they were brilliant. The Christmas cabins always sell really really early as well because you get bigger families that want to go multi generational or you know groups of friends. And I think with the Chris, with those cabins, they are all different sizes. You can get them that sleep four people, and you can get them that sleep twelve to fifteen people. Um, all different room sizes. In each cabin as well, there's a sauna, so you've got your own private sauna. And what's so nice is that you can. Um, you can go. You can go to the supermarket if you want to stock it up with just a few little trimmings, um, and then when you get back after having had a day or an evening out or whatever, or you've been for a walk in the forest, you can actually just get back, just get into your pajamas, and you can just chill out. Whereas in a hotel, they're fantastic, and you're right. Some of them have got swimming pools and other facilities there. Um, you know, but you, you want to get dressed to go down for dinner. You can't really walk down in your pajamas. But you know, so there is pros and against. I think if there's just a a small family of you, hotels are perfect. If there's a big group of you, the cabins are perfect. It just depends on the availability at the time when you book, which is, you know, hence booking earlier to get exactly what you want rather than leaving to the last minute. So um, final questions then. Um, Lauren and Jules, maybe. You've dealt with a lot of people who've um, booked Lapland holidays in the past. Any questions that they ask, which we haven't covered today? I was going to ask you, Julie, about tipping. Um, I've had some questions before about how they give tips and I mean I, I guess slipping Santa five euros is going to be inappropriate um, but do they have, I don't know some sort of little collection jar for the elves or how does tipping work? No to be honest there is no tipping in the in the in the Arctic Circle itself you don't you don't really tip they're there and they are doing what they do and you know they're they're just having fun with you I think the, the people that you would tip if you were going to, if you stayed in a Christmas cabin, it's always nice to give your your host um, a gift of something. 
um, or leave them the remainders of the gin that you haven't taken home or something like that. But yeah, I think something like that or in the hotel if you want to, you know, tip the, the, the hotel chamber, you know, cleaners, whatever, something like that. But in the actual excursions and things, no, no tipping is expected. Okay, thanks. We did, we did tip our, our host and our Christmas uh, Christmas cabin just because they were, they were absolutely brilliant. They, they, they literally couldn't do enough for you. Um, and the meals, they, they, they make all, they cook all the meals, you know, all home cooked from scratch. They were, they were unbelievable, um, unbelievable. So, so we tipped, we, we did tip then because it was, yeah, they, they really went out, out the way, so it was good. What type of travel insurance should you get for um, a Lapland trip? I think you need one that's got your winter sports cover, just in case you do go off and do a bit of skiing or something whilst you're there. You might not think you might, but you might suddenly decide you want to do something like that. So um, as we know, especially at the moment, insurance is, is sort of coming into its own, although, you know, whatever. But they, uh, you need to make sure that you're covered for the activities. So just make sure that it does cover you to do things like husky rides, reindeer rides, um, bit of skiing, tobogganing, things like that, really. So winter snow activity cover is is pretty is pretty essential Julia, i just wanted to ask you a question as well um so my niece and nephew i've got a three-year-old and a seven-year-old is there one of your itineraries that you would recommend or would you recommend holding off sort of another year till little one was a bit older to enjoy it or would you think that we could still take three months <laughs> No, you can still take three-year-olds. I mean, I wouldn't recommend you take really tiny babies because there's just no point. A, the cold for a start off. But at three, some three-year-olds are better than other three-year-olds. You know, so it depends whether they're, where they are at three. If they just come out of two into three or, you know, further further out. So, um, there's, with the Ingham, just to sort of explain a little bit difference between the Ingham's um, lap, Santa break and the Santa's lap land, the Ingham's, Santa break is a half a day at the at the Arctic Circle. So it's a it's a you're in Levy, for example. Um, you're there and you go off and you you go on sort of an excursion and you're given a time to go and a time to come back. So you get half a day there to actually do the Santa bit. In there, it's really geared geared up for smaller children. Um, with those, you've got things you can make arts and crafts. You can go and make gingerbread men with, you know, with the elves and things around you. You can go and do little toboggan runs. There's a few huskies around and things like that. So for little children, it's brilliant because you're being very much more arty, crafty. Um, and it would suit the seven-year-old as well. It would be perfect. With the Inghams, it's three or four nights. So that way you've got a bit more time to do everything. So you don't have to cram everything into one day. So you could have your Santa day on one day. And actually the next day you might decide you want to go and do a snowmobile excursion or go and see the Huskies. And you can spread it out a little bit more. You can just have a day off and just go and play in the snow and try and build a snowman if you, if you can get the snow to work for you. With the Santa's Lapland one, I would say probably the magic because there's more different types of accommodation that you can choose over and above the Aurora. Also, you're in the village, so you can go out and you can pull the children on their little toboggans and you can just have a wander around and you've just got something more to do. So I would say either the magic with Santa's Lapland or go for the Ingham Santa break and stay in somewhere like Levy, which is maybe a slightly larger resort, giving you a lot more options of the different things you can do and how you would do it. But, you know, three and seven is not is 
is is a really good time to go because you you're getting both the age groups about right then you know yeah if you can wait till four maybe but three is not a problem whatsoever they would still have an amazing time or even That's if you're great. 37 ben. Four of them. <laughs> brilliant so i think that just about wraps it up for today just uh i'm going to do a quick recap and guys um correct me if i miss anything or add in anything extra so my, my take on lapland is it's a magical place to go uh for kids of any age young or old just like you ben and um it's something which whether you're going for a day trip or multi-night you're going to get um something truly unbelievable out of it and now's definitely the time to go don't wait Get it booked early so that you uh, you get the trip you'd like because it, it's not like a, a bus service. Once the plane is sold out for these trips, they are literally sold out, aren't they? There's there's not another one. Um, you know, it's very um, high demand and low capacity, if you like, because there's a very short window of opportunity. And it's it's not like going to the supermarket and seeing Santa. This is something truly unbelievable and memorable. And it is all about creating memories. Yeah, it certainly is. I think that's what it's all about. It's an experience. It's not just, uh, you know, going off whether you, however long you go for, whether you go for a day or whether you go for three or four nights or whether you go after Christmas and just see Lapland. It is about a wonderland experience and it is really, truly magical. And you even get little certificates usually at the end as well, you know, which when you come back, get a certificate to say that you've you've done the Huskies, you've, you've driven the Huskies or you've been on a reindeer ride and that you've actually met Santa. So it's, again, something nice to finish off with. And don't think of the price of these trips because it's, yes, they're not the cheapest trips, but they are exceptional value for money for what you get as part of the package. It's something that's going to be be the holiday you remember for years to come. And once you're there, it's pretty much all included. So exceptional value for what you get and you can't put a price on memories. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Julie, for joining us. Thank you, Ben, for joining us. You're welcome. uh, if you've got any questions, do post them on our uh, Facebook pages and our websites. We'll come back to you. But in the meantime, if you do like what you heard today, then please do leave us a review on uh, your podcasting application. Ideally, on iTunes, leave us a nice five-star review. That would be really helpful. And share this with everybody else. Thank you all for today. You've been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. The Travel Podcast is sponsored by Not Just Travel, where it's not just travel, it's a way of life. We hope you liked this podcast, and if you did, please tell your friends, but also take a moment to rate us on iTunes as it helps spread the word. Thanks for listening.